So when we think about God doesn't want us to be immoral, we see that in Ephesians 5. Right away, people think about the very obvious, blatant, pornographic stuff. That's what a lot of people think of. But you can watch a movie, and within the movie, if it highlights and condones and celebrates relationships that are meant for marriage, physical relationships, but the people aren't married, you're watching immorality. God's standard has not changed. But the standard in the church has gone down, gone down so low that most people don't even understand. They don't even pick it up. That immorality is not just overtly immoral things in the sense of blatant pornography. That certainly is. But it's also people who are clothed very well. Whether it's a serious drama or it's a lighthearted comedy, a sitcom, the ideas that are placed in there, many, many ideas are placed in there by Satan. And when we expose ourselves to those things, those evil spirits will begin to break down all the good things God has given us in the meetings and in our personal time with the Lord. So there's a constant robbery going on by the devil of the believers. And they let him rob them. No wonder the weakness is there. No wonder people are very hung up on what can I get from Jesus. They don't really want him. They want what they can get from him. How would you feel if a husband or wife treats you well because they want to get something from you? That's the only motivation. Money. Kids will come to parents. Basically, they want to use people. And they'll try to cover it up really well, as if they really love. But many times, the other person knows. Sometimes, the person won't say anything because they believe that's how it goes. That's the game. You deceive me, I deceive you. And we have to keep the game going. The show has to go on. That's a diabolical or devilish way to live. That's not the way God meant for us to live. He meant for us to be innocent. And a guilty person, all of us were guilty before the Lord because we're sinners. But he has made us innocent. In Philippians it says, we ought to be harmless and blameless. With his blood we can be. Once we're cleansed, we need to know I can't go back to those things that polluted me before. And again, the important point here that the Lord's bringing out right now, this morning, is that be careful not to relegate immorality to blatant expressions of pornographic things. It's not only that. It's any idea that speaks of anything that is unclean before the Lord, whether it's in a song or a movie or a book or conversation. What does the Bible say? Don't even have a hint of that. We won't make it to heaven if we do. No pollution enters heaven. We cannot clean ourselves up. But when the grace comes through the gospel, we can repent and God will help us. Once he cleanses us, 
because we've thoroughly repented. No one gets forgiven without genuine repentance. We need to know that. No one gets forgiven without thorough repentance. And only the forgiven get to enter heaven. That means once I'm forgiven, I don't go back to the filth. Because if I do, I need to be forgiven again. And if I continue that cycle, I'm saying to God, Lord, I don't take you seriously. One day the window will be closed. It will be too late. Because we presumed upon God's grace. This is the teaching of Scripture. How good it is of God, how good it is of Him to tell us the truth exactly as it is so we don't get deceived. The closer we get to God, the more we will love Him. The more we love Him, the more our prayers will be transformed. Many people's prayers are, Lord, give me a job. Please. Lord, give me a promotion. Please. Lord, give me this, give me that. But when did we ever pray, Lord, I love you and I want you. Whether I have anything or not, Lord, I love you and I got to have you in my life. Oh, I have God in my life. Many people say, Christians, you know, I know about God, don't preach to me. I have God in my life. I gave my heart to the Lord. If we don't love Him supremely, whether we have those things or not, whatever things we desire, He's really not the King of our lives. He's not the Lord of our lives. He's not our first love. So you see the progress, you know, we can gauge our own spiritual progress. God does want us to ask for healing, absolutely. He provided for it. He died on the cross. My stripes were healed. Why should we not claim the children's bread? He wants deliverance. He will give deliverance. And he said to ask. But you see, as we mature, it's not that we won't ask for the, those things that are provided for us. Financial blessings, all those things God will give. But our focus as we grow spiritually and become more and more mature will be, Lord, what I really want is you. Even if I don't get those things. Can we say that honestly to the Lord? How eagerly we desire for so many other things that come through knowing God because He's the one in power. He's the access to my happiness. He can make me the king of my castle. He can take me to the top. Success is flashing in people's eyes all the time. And it has a lot to do with money. Will God give money? Yes. Will He prosperous people? Yes, He loves to do that. But He wants to see if we are growing properly. And you see that in children, hopefully. Whereas when they're small, it's always, always give me this, give me that. There'll be sibling rivalry and It'll be about what I can get. And I don't want to share. There's a progress when the child matures. And uh, it's the delight of the parent to see the child wants to share. It's okay if I give away. That's sacrifice. But then there's a self-sacrifice that comes up. Sacrifice partially and wholehearted sacrifice. Like the whole burnt offering that God prescribed for the children of Israel. 
when you bring it, it's a whole burnt offering. You don't take a lamb and say, here, amputate the leg, and you can have the leg. Lord, I'll take the rest home. God doesn't take amputated sacrifices. He takes whole sacrifices. But he'll work with us because he loves us so much. Even when we grieve him many times, because we're so self-oriented, and we want what we want, the way we want it, and we want it now. And Lord, if you don't give me this, I'll be cross with you. I'll be upset at you. There's a graduation where I come to the point and say, Lord, I'm in love with you. I understand your love so much more. And Lord, I want you, Lord. I want you. And only you. We really begin to feel that heartbeat of God within our own hearts. Where we're able to say with the psalmist, Lord, whom have I in heaven but you? In other words, I arrive at that country, at that train station, railway station, at that airport. I'm looking for who? Not all the shops and all the things I can eat while I'm waiting for the loved one. When I see the loved one, the husband or wife, I run to that person. Not out of formality or of people watching me, making a romantic scene over there. Whether anybody's there or not, my heart is passionately looking for my spouse. Because that spouse is my whole world. Similarly, everything that we can get, everything that can be fixed, everything that can make us happy, pales in comparison to seeing the face of Jesus and being with him, even while we're still alive in this world. Because the truth is, if we don't feel that way about God now, we will not feel that way about him on that day when heaven's gates are opened for children to come in. He must be supreme in our lives. Let me take the scriptures quickly. In the same Luke passage, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Luke 14, 25. I'd like to give you an opportunity to read this precious word of God. Someone please read Luke 14, 25 to 27. Very slowly and loud enough and clearly, please. Luke 14, 25 to 27. Praise God, Pastor. Luke 14, verses 25 to 27, NKJV version. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Praise God. Praise God. Now, we read these things and we can think, oh, he's talking to the people in Jerusalem and Israel that day. And, you know, you have crowds who they really don't want to be Christian. And we can just pass over and say, I'm a Christian. It doesn't apply to me. Of course I love Jesus. 
need to listen to what the Lord said to know whether we fulfill the conditions of the kind of love he's looking for. What did he say? He said to the whole crowd, you know, it's amazing. He's healing people. He's preaching. Crowds just keep walking, you know, not just one, ten, five people, fifteen people. Hundreds and hundreds. Large crowd was following Jesus. While he's walking, they're seeing him. He's going from point A to point B. He has an agenda. He's doing things. He's teaching. He's healing. He's confronting. And all of a sudden, can you imagine the scene? Huge crowd. So far, he's just walking. They're just following. All of a sudden, everything stops because he actually turns around. And could he be looking at you? Could he be looking at me in the face? All of a sudden, he turned around. Why is he turning around? He's saying to me and to you, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. By comparison. He's not saying hate people. No, he's the one that says love people, even your enemies. How much more honor your father and mother and love your wife and your husband, your children, your brothers and sisters. He is the epitome of love. What he's saying is in comparison, if anyone or anything comes between your love for me, my love for you. Actually, we don't have to worry about his love for us. He gave everything for us. But our love for him. Yes, even your own life cannot be my disciple. You can't follow me. You can't belong to me at all. So this is the other side of salvation that most people don't want to see or they will deceive themselves and other people and say, oh, that's works, legalism. Don't you know he came and died on the cross? He gave his blood because we can't do it. What are you talking about conditions for salvation? It's a free gift. But repentance is always a condition for salvation, Old Testament and New Testament. It doesn't count as a merit point on our account that now I've put in my, paid my dues, so God has to let me in. No, no. It's His grace that makes me repent. All I have to do is say, yes, Lord, and turn my back on what He gives me grace to turn my back on, which is self-love to do what I feel like. He must become my Lord. Then He says, and if you do not carry your own cross, in other words, Lord, Whatever persecution, hardship comes in my life, I will never deny you. People on this side of the world are worried about, I've been praying and praying and praying for that promotion, that bonus. I've been praying and praying and praying and praying. So excited about money. So excited about promotions. Super thrilled about the new car. Just in love with the new house. We must understand this in context. God was the one who told the Israelites, ask the Egyptians, go ahead. Ask them and they will give you jewelry and everything you need. I want you to plunder the enemy. So how do we understand it then? Is there a contradiction? Again, how are we in our hearts? 
all that we have gained by God's hand, if we should come to a point like Job faced or our brothers and sisters in persecution right now, will we miss the world? Will we become very, very sad and depressed? I lost my house because of Jesus. I lost my car because of Jesus. Oh, if I weren't a Christian, I could be living it up and look. It was fine when there was no persecution, but now it's coming down the line. It's coming down the pipe. And they're starting to come against Christians. The job could be in jeopardy, the car, the sneakers, the clothing, the house, friendships. Everything's gone. What do I do? Sit in a corner with my hand over my head, cry and cry and cry because I can't have the food that I want, clothing and the Boy, everybody's spitting at me now. Is this what it means to be a Christian? Is this what I signed up for? I need to know if our hearts are detached from the very things we possess. We use them, and that's about it. We don't fall in love with them. Anytime we need to part with anything material, We'll be ready. Love will be proven. As I mentioned, you have sacrifice partially and self-sacrifice totally, totally, the self. The graduation in a person's spiritual life, the progress can be gauged. Your prayers will become, they'll include the things you need for your family, for yourself, material goods, clothing, new pair of shoes, whatever we need. God is not someone who doesn't take care of his children. Hallelujah. We can go to the Father if we trust Him. He'll give us everything we need on time. Sometimes it may not come when we want it, but it'll be on time. The right time, the perfect time. But the priority of our prayers will be, Lord, I love you. You see? I love you, Lord. You're the one I look for. When I get to heaven, Lord... My eyes are not going to be on the streets of gold. It's not going to be on the angels, how magnificent they are. It's not going to be on the people who preceded me, all the great patriarchs and the notables in biblical history. I'm going to be looking for Jesus. He's the fairest 10,000. He's the lover of my soul. I love him then we'll know that we're actually maturing in the faith. Why stay babies? Why stay immature? We could. We can if we want. It's our choice. But God is very grieved if we just come to Him for things we want. A whole list of things people want. They have a laundry list, a shopping list. We just need to make sure because God loves to give everything. He's the most generous person. He's the most loving father. He loves to make us happy. He does. But at the top of the list must be, Lord, I love you and I want to see you more than all these things. Hallelujah. Can we really say that? Can we truly say that from the heart? And Lord, even if uh, number two to 99 on my list is not given for whatever reason, I'm absolutely thrilled, Lord, because I still have you at the top of the list. Oh, hallelujah. It's powerful. 
and we see and understand where we really are spiritually and where God wants to take us. Because then we'll be conformed to His image. Then we will have the whole burnt offering to offer to Him, not partial. Then it won't be just a matter of, oh, I sacrificed my time here. God says, yes, He does. When we do with the right motive, sincerely, first kingdom, I sacrificed my money there. He sees it. He saw the two mites with the widow. He sees what proportion you give to. He sees all of it. He sees everything. When we do things right, every sacrifice is counted. God does take every sacrifice, no matter what it is. But when the total self-sacrifice is there, that eclipses all things. Or I should say, that engulfs everything else. Because now it's not about sacrifice here, sacrifice there. My whole being is offered up, Romans chapter 12, as a perfect total sacrifice. My whole body, everything connected to it, it belongs to the Lord. Now with that kind of love, it's very easy to spot things that compete with that love and to dismiss it at once. No longer will there be a push and pull, tug of war with lust and greed and trying to look famous and all that's put to death very easily because the love for God is so strong. The love for Jesus is so strong. There's no more issue. Hallelujah. We'll have some Maybe three reflections before we go to the prayer for the families. Glory be to the living God. I trust the Lord has spoken to you and He has stirred up your desire to mature to the extent that we have just been speaking of. And if we're there at the point, there's a longer way to go still within that. Glory be to God. Do have an honest self-assessment. You know, we can preach. I mean, I can preach this. I can preach the absolute truth, and that's what we do. We preach the absolute truth. We don't tamper with the truth. This is God's truth, and His truth gives grace to transform us. At the same time, everybody has to be honest before the Lord and say, Lord, this is how it is actually in my heart. But I can say these things with passion because... God has brought me to that. And we don't start out that way at all. We all have a history. When we say history, we don't need to think in certain terms uh, right away that we're used to associating when somebody says oh, he has a history, she has a history. But we do. It may not be the same, but we know one thing. Without Jesus, we're total failures total failures and if Paul could genuinely say I'm the chief of sinners which he was talking in retrospect being a righteous person actually he said as per the law he said I was righteous I was blameless he was one of the actually the most righteous people it's just that he didn't know that Jesus was the truth and he was going and persecuting Jesus followers he was very upset about that but he repented. But he was saying that to say how he was going around with this fury, harming the church of God. 
that I, I was the chief of sinners. When we really understand where God took each of us from, we can say, I, I'm the chief of sinners. If we don't have that, then we're not in a good place. That means we don't really know. It's like, again, going back to the, the Pharisee that invited Jesus to dinner, and when the woman came, she poured out that expensive perfume. He asked, who do you think will love more, the one that's forgiven little or much? The master of that house, the one who invited, he said, I suppose the one that was forgiven more. He said, you're right. This woman, the amount of affection she showed me, which you didn't, the honor, has been forgiven much, but she's been forgiven. You despised her because of her history, her former reputation. She's in a better place than you are right now. When we recognize how horribly we lived before Christ, there's no exception to the rule. It may not be the same kind of life choices that everybody made. Nonetheless, it was a horrible life before Christ. If we don't understand that, and we don't understand how much grace He's shown us, and we don't come to the conclusion, the more I see God's love, the more I'm certain I'm the chief of sinners, meaning I was. There's a deficiency. So then our love won't be where it should be. It's when we recognize that He's forgiven me so much, things that I don't even remember or don't, didn't even consider the gravity of the offense. But the more I'm getting closer to the Lord, the more I'm seeing. And my God, just to have Jesus and to know that He loves me and I belong to Him, that's everything to me. That's more than anything to me. It's not hard for me to turn my back on all those other quote-unquote loves because they're all false. And even when there's a legitimate love within the human family, the Lord says that must also be pushed aside in comparison with my love. In other words, I should not compete with your love for me. But that honest self-reflection very, very important. And I'm glad Phil shared that. Because it helps us to know. We can't go with blanket statements. We can't go with not really checking, really going to the Lord and say, Lord, change me more, Lord. And let my love for you be supreme, Lord. That's the way it should be. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. It's a total love. It's a whole sacrifice. Lord, take me, my spirit, my soul, my body. Everything belongs to you, Lord. Lord, I'm actually your temple. There's no room for any hint of anything. Because you're royalty. We are royalty. We belong to the king. We're actually born from his side. The blood and water came out from his side. We're born from him. We're from his body. We have divine DNA. Ever see a king or a prince 
on the side of the road, sleeping by the sewer, drinking himself blind, and then going to the bodega and getting this cheap artificial colored water. Going back to sleep on the street. What would, you, what would a king think? What would a noble person think? It's just not even in the radar. That's the way we should be with our own nature and with the world. Nothing is attractive anymore compared to the attraction we have for Jesus. That's the truth. And that should be the truth in our lives. And again, it's proportionate to how much we know about His grace and love, how much He's forgiven us. We just run to Him. We go to the airport, we're looking for Him. We go to the mall, we're looking for Him. We go here and there. We're in other words, we want to be with Him all the time. That's having Jesus as our first love. And if He's our passion and He's, we're looking for Him all the time, everything else is that cheap substitute. It's garbage. And within the legitimate family affection, we put Him first. That means we don't bow down to anyone's desire or solicitation for us to sin against God. Period. That's where the line gets drawn. I love you and I'll sacrifice everything for you. You can't make me sin against my God. And it doesn't, it's not said arrogantly or anything, but firmly. Because see, that shows is my supreme love. Praise God. Praise God that there's a there's a growth. Thank God he's in the battle. He wasn't in the fight before. He's being taken over. And we grow. And we are able to be in the battle. And praise God, there are victories that we can see by the grace of Almighty God. And then our desire and the motivation grows. If God can give me victory here, he can do it here too. If he can give me victory one day, he can do it for two days. We start appreciating the power of God's grace and the love. And we have the support and encouragement of the family of God and others who are walking with God. And that statement is say time to time. He'll take each of us, take us from zero, not to 60, to hero. From the guttermost to the uttermost. Only our God can do that. And then we will be examples for other people too. And all that confusion, the stuff that's in the world of Christianity, God will use us to dispel all that stuff so we can really see other people live holy and walk after God. Praise God.